These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Minnesota at New Orleans. The Vikings are favored by 3.5 on the road. Deal or no deal? I'll take the deal. I'm taking the deal as well. Saints seem to be missing something. The Cleveland Browns at our Atlanta Falcons. Browns favored by one at the Falcons. Deal or no deal? I'm taking the deal. I'm not. The Falcons, nobody's told the players you're supposed to tank it, guys. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. As you see, a, a brand new location here for just today it's a very special day and i gotta thank our guests that are coming on it was their idea mike kelly great cup champion head coach winnipeg blue bombers uh always wedding when the great cup with winnipeg you know what i mean philadelphia eagles quarterbacks coach andrew nowacki is going to be with us as well eight seasons with the edmonton eskimos and a great cup champion and i thank the beach house here in pompano beach florida the home of lamar jackson for hosting us for another program and uh, if we can bring in the moose that's where i am i'm in pompano the moose is in the nhl's bermuda triangle and i'm going to tell you moose and i'm going to tell our viewers that i'm doing this i'm i'm putting my life at risk because i'm frying here in the sun uh, director jordan is concerned about my safety but i think we're going to be okay and we're going to chat a lot of ball here today and you're only going to be with us for the warm-up and i'm going to move the ballers in so how you doing moose I'm doing, doing great. This? Yeah, great. It looks awesome there and nice and sunny. So uh, life's good. It's going to be a decent day here, too. Yeah. So Thad, you've heard me talk about Thad, the manager here. He bought me a Wi-Fi booster several months ago, and I went and forgot it at home. So I, so Thad's not overly happy with us. Uh, I think we're going to be okay. I'm, everybody, <laughs> everybody coming in for lunch today can stay off their cellular phones We'd be good. Okay. Director Jordan, can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Director Jordan, if you don't mind. There we go. Okay. I How about thought, that? Is it me? Yeah. Okay, Moose. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to fly through it all. We're going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got NFL, Tua, CFL, 
Lapo being fired, Monday Night Football, NHL preseason, and anything else that comes up, including your weekend broadcasting Canada West football. But what can we say about week four in the NFL? My Cowboys won. They beat Washington, but everybody beats Washington 25-10. to 10. You didn't bet on your team in deal or no deal, by the way. The Titans, you, you bet on the Colts. And Tennessee won, so that, that's kind of a win-win for you. It's a win-win, and that's kind of the way you got to go about it when it's your own team. But, you know, it was, uh, it was a good weekend for the Titans. Um, other games that I wrote down, I, it, it annoys me. Kansas City beat Tampa Bay 41-31. People are joking about Tom, and he destroyed his family so his team can miss the playoffs and stuff. That's not what it's about, and we can spend a minute on that if you want. Our Falcons, because we're on the air, WQEE Atlanta, our Falcons, because the RP Show is your official home for Atlanta Falcons news and information. The Falcons held on, last-minute pick, beating the Cleveland Browns 23-20. And uh, listen, I talked to Ryan O'Radio today, the owner of not only WQEE, but a bunch of radio stations there in Georgia and Alabama. He wants to carry us live, Moose. There's such a, they're clamoring for us down there in the Peach State. And it looks like we may be going to live Atlanta radio. Are you cool with talking Braves and Falcons a little more than what we have been? Beautiful. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. I, I, my guy, Mariota's there. So color me a partial Falcons fan. Awesome. Well, by the way, I think he threw for like 134 yards in the Falcons win on Sunday. That's some coaching, man. That's some coach. You know yeah. you got Marcus Mariota who can't throw. So let's do something else here. And they're playing complimentary football, and they're getting it done. So those Falcons are 2-2. Two and two. So those are some of our highlights. Um, we are going to move on to the CFL. But trust me, we're going to get a lot of that talk with Andrew Nowacki and Mike Kelly when they join us. But I want to talk about two. I told you this morning, here in South Florida, it's ugly. It's ugly. Everybody's just waiting to hear Tua's status. He's in concussion protocol. My guy, Joe Rose, the Carm Carteri of Miami, Said on the radio this morning, he thinks four games at least, two was gone. Um, and they're all pointing fingers. It's Mike McDaniel's fault, the coach. It's the owner's fault, Stephen Ross. It's the GM's fault. It's the doctor's fault. It's Tua's fault. He should have pulled himself out. It's ugly, man. What does it look like from where you're sitting coming out of NFL week for a weekend as far as the Dolphins are concerned? Yeah, it's very ugly. We're hearing that, you know, there's going to be changes to the protocol as early as week five. Yeah. So, like, this may happen now. And that's important. You know, something like this is really important. And when it comes to a situation like this, to be honest, they're probably all at fault. Tua probably has some responsibility. Mike McDaniels has some responsibility. The GM has some responsibility. The doctors, the trainers, potentially Tua's teammates. Everybody has a little responsibility in this and owns a little bit of it. But... It's not productive to go back and, and place blame. Go do the fact-finding, do the discovery, and figure out how to make this better moving forward. One of the insiders said to me today, and people all know now who my insiders are, they're football guys that don't have any skin in the game. One of my insiders said to me this morning, he said the Dolphins should make, be making a call to John Huffnagel and the Calgary Stampeders and saying, if you're not using Bo... Let him out of his deal and get him down here because nobody else can get the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle better than Bo Levi Mitchell. So 
I'm just putting that out there. By the way, I'm cooling it a little bit on YouTube comments here because I'm not. I'm trying to not strain the Wi-Fi here in the building, so uh, won't be as much viewer participation today as normal. But it's going to be a better day than normal when Andrew Nowacki and Mike Kelly join us. It's just going to be fanta- uh, fantastic. They'll have thoughts on all of this coming out of the CFL Week 17. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers spanked the Rough Riders 31-13 in IG Field. They covered. We expected that. BC beat Ottawa 34-19, and I will get to Ottawa firing their coach the next day in a second. Saturday's game, the Edmonton Elks, they were eliminated officially from the playoffs. Montreal went in there and beat them 25-18. I think the Owls are now 5-1 in their last six. And then the other game was Calgary beating Toronto 29-2, and that one was boring. Before we move on to Lapwell being fired, you said you tried to watch the Ryder game Friday and just couldn't couldn't stay with it. Yeah, it was tough. And, and to be honest, you know, my interest was more in the university sports realm. The Huskies yeah. were playing the Bisons, and I really wanted to watch that. But I went back and forth, and it's just there's a lot of mistakes. And it, it was it was hard to watch because, you know, deep down as a kid, I grew up loving the Riders. So you still have that feeling for them, even as a broadcaster and then a member of the media. Hard to watch. Winnipeg, again, shows that they're just they're so much better kind of than everybody else right now. And you kind of knew, even when that game was close, which way it was leaning. So check back in periodically, but it was a hard one to watch, and I'm sure it was really tough for Ryder fans. Football is such a wonderful microcosm of life and a mirror of life. And for those Bomber fans, I can't be anything but happy for them. And considering the hatred that we had my 20 years with the Rough Riders, shoot, Mike Kelly's coming on here right away. Coach the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's the head coach. Um, We're all friends now, and I'm so happy for them. Because in life, the tough times make you appreciate the good times. And the 30-year drought between Grey Cup wins for Winnipeg has just made them love it even more. You can tell. They're just soaking it in, man. They love it so much, and I love it. I love it. I love it. For them, I do. For the Rough Riders, I see the fans going, I will always cheer for my Rough Riders. I see the posts on Facebook, and I'm like, yep, we all will. But will you keep buying tickets? Will you keep buying jerseys like... Where's this team going, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? And I know we should spend more time probably than we do on the Rough Riders. They've lost, what is it now, eight of their last ten games. They are in the driver's seat. Let me just say this before we move ahead to Lapo being fired and some other things. They're in the driver's seat, I think. And I, it's in my ten things column, I covered all this at rodpeterson.com. You, I hope we're at it, Darren. Uh, they go into Hamilton this Friday. This is as much of an for-all-the-marbles game as you get in the regular season. If the Riders win Friday in Hamilton, they they probably will clinch the final playoff spot in the CFL, and the Ticats will be out. But I've had people look at it, write me and go, Rod, it's the other way around from a Hamilton perspective. The Tiger Cats hold their fate in their own hands because if they beat the Riders, they got, another, they got a game in hand, and they got a very good chance to knock the Riders out. So do you feel the Riders are in the driver's seat or not? I feel both teams are. It's a weird situation that both teams are in the driver's seat. The yeah. winner of this game will hold all the cards. I mean, going into this game, you might as well yeah. call it a wash because this game, the winner has the leg up. I mean, uh, the losing team will still have paths to the playoffs. You know, if the if the team that wins goes and does a nose plan and, the, and they go on to win some games. But Hamilton, I think, is more so in the driver's seat because if they win this game, they have a softer schedule to close out the season than the Riders do. Saskatchewan still has to play Calgary, right? Whereas Hamilton will... Twice. Exactly. 
We'll play Ottawa and, you know, have a little bit of a softer schedule. So this is a massive, massive game. Uh, I just had to move my iPhone out of the sun. It's officially calved. So yeah. my brain's still working, I think, in this heat. So like I said, you don't ask for much from me, Moose, to sit out here in this Florida sun today and talk sports for two hours. I should be getting danger pay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I know I should be wearing sunblock. As it stands right now, I'm not, but... Craig Smith, our director of scouting. I can, I can, but that's the point. If I go back into the shade, you can't see me, and that's maybe that's what you want. I don't know. Craig Smith, our director of scouting, writes that he says, I always loved my visits to Flowery Branch to scout the Falcons camp. Yeah, again, going live on the radio in Atlanta daily. How about that? It's going to happen, you know. Might even be happening today. I'm not sure. I just talked to Ryan on radio, the owner of the radio station. He's my spirit animal. We're very similar. Paul Lapolis was fired on Saturday. Again, my thoughts are in my column. Ten, ten things at rodpeterson.com. I feel that he won't be out of work long. I feel that he could be a head coach as early as next year. Um, how do you feel about that and the fact he's 22-50 and 50 all time as a CFL head coach and what that means for him? Where do you stand on that? Well, I really deeply admire Paul Lapolis, the man, the coach. I, I really think he's a great coach, uh, football coach. Do I know if he's a good head coach? It's yet to be seen. And here's a couple of things that I think about that. One is we know he's a great coordinator. And I'm all about if you find what you're good at, lean into it, right? And, and, and do that and you'll find the most success and the most happiness. So for that... Paul should go back to being a coordinator. He should go into the Hall of Fame as being one of the best coordinators the CFL's ever seen. And he should win more great cups, and he will win more great cups. But at the same time, if Paul has that itch to be a head coach, and, to, and he's like, no, I can have success as a head coach, then he's got to keep chasing it. Until that's out of his system, he's got to keep chasing it. But so far, we haven't been able to see him have success there. And we know he's a hell of an offensive coordinator. Oh, dude, listen. It upsets me the coordinators are not in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. And to be honest with you, my guy Mark DeNoble, he watches this show every day. He was the executive director of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. He's not anymore. But he always got so upset when people referred to it as the CFL Hall of Fame. It's like, it's not the CFL Hall of Fame. It's the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, which I get. But you might as well now call it the CFL Hall of Fame because the CFL owns it and runs it, and they decide who gets in or who doesn't. By the way, I learned that Ken Austin has been nominated for the Hall of Fame, and for whatever reason, not because somebody's got a pissy grudge against him. Uh, you, sorry, you mentioned the Hall of Fame at Lapo, and I'm just getting a little – I'm getting upset because yeah. for my whole life, a half a century, I've loved the Hall of Fame debate, and the older I get – and the more things change, I realize it doesn't mean as much anymore because guys that deserve to go in aren't in because of grudges and pettiness, and it's, it's very upsetting to me. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, Monday Night Football tonight, Rams at San Francisco 49ers. Deal or no deal, Moose. The 49ers favored by 1.5 points. It's going to be a great game. I don't, I don't understand why the Rams aren't favored going in. Is it because it's on the road? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's because it's on the road. And this is a very good 49ers team that got better when Jimmy Garoppolo took over as quarterback. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo mm -hmm. is in a better position to distribute the ball to the weapons that they have and to win now. And there's just something not right in L.A. 
after the Super Bowl, whether they've got the Super Bowl hangover or what it is. They just haven't brought it together yet. So you got a team at home favored by less than a field goal. I think that's why I'm taking the deal and going with the 49ers. Um, I think this game will be really close, and it'll be an entertaining Monday night. Should be a great game. Um, by the way, NHL preseason, uh, I'm going to save that for later on in hour two. Bernie Nichols will be joining us, not live here at the Beach House, v- uh, via video, NHL ambassador for Bet Regal. I'm kind of not down with the NHL preseason because they're not trying that hard. I went to that game here in Sunrise the other night, and they just weren't trying that hard. Some guys were. I'm like, why am I here? If you're not going to play balls out, why would I waste my time coming to watch you? Panthers only had 10 shots on goals. Saturday at Carolina, lost 4-3, but they scored three goals on 10 shots. They had 10 shots on goal in the game. I'm not trying. Um, Don, our Navy friend, says, I went to the Rams game on Saturday. Nice to watch a Regina-based winning program. In the minute, we have recap Canada Westfoot, because you said that's where your focus has been, uh, This and that's cool. Yeah, it was very, very cool. And, and, you know, for the Manitoba Bisons Friday night, they gave the Huskies a scare, number two team in the country. They were leading at half, but Saskatchewan closed it up in the second half. Then it was the Rams and Golden Bears in the afternoon on Saturday. It was a great game. You know, I think Alberta played well. Um, the Rams played well, but it was a tight win for the Rams. Um, Noel Pelche, a rookie quarterback, got it done. And that defense of Regina's is one of the best in the country. And they uh, had a game-saving or game-winning uh, stand at the end of that football game. So it was a lot of fun, and uh, now they go into a bye week for Thanksgiving before the stretch run. All right, we got him back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're good. We're going to go to a break, Moose. I got gotcha. you here. It was my bad. It was my... I've got too many devices going. So, hey, great recap, Moose, and... Uh, you have a great day. You bet. Enjoy the beach house. Thank you, buddy. Andrew Nowacki, eight years with the Edmonton Eskimos, joins us next as we talk CFL football. It's the RP Show on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and your home of Southern Sports and Talk, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Landmark Cinema's Extra members get your movie tickets for just half the points from September 16th to 29th. It's an offer you can't refuse. Any movie, anytime. Redeem just half the points every time. Any way you add it up. Or is that divided? It's movie time. Not a Landmark Extras member? Join for free now at LandmarkCinemas.com and movie more for less. Landmark Cinemas, where movie lovers get their extras.
You are looking at beautiful Pompano Beach, Florida. We are at the Beach House. If you are in the area, anywhere in South Florida, stop on in for a meal. Ask for Thad. Ask for the RP Show. We're here from time to time this Monday talking CFL and NFL ball. And next Monday is our NHL preview special. The Florida Panthers sending some people down. Uh, Did I say Monday? It's next Tuesday because it's Canadian Thanksgiving on Monday. But you're all looking at Andrew Nowacki right now, not me. Eight-year CFLer, all with the Edmonton Eskimos, Great Cup champion. And I'll tell you what, Mike Kelly's the guy that said, you got to look up Andrew Nowacki, man. He's down there. Uh, so the fans will know you from your time, obviously, in the CFL. I honestly don't know where to start, Andrew, other than to ask you how you're doing for the benefit of your CFL fans and uh, Edmonton fans. Everything's good. You know, I've been down here uh, since 2005 in, in the off-seasons and, and stayed down here after uh, after I finished playing up there, so since 2011, been down here full time. Wow, it's selling real estate. Coach tells me. Yep. Good yep. for you. So, how is it selling real estate in paradise? Uh, it's not a hard sell. You know, got a <laughs> got a great group of clients from uh, the Northeast, um, but it's it's a great market. Everybody loves Florida. Everybody comes to Florida for different reasons, and over the past couple of years, it's been uh, quite the attraction. Yeah, it is uh, the absolute best for sure. Now, I got to tell you. All my devices, my MacBook, my phone got overheated. So once they cool down, I'm going to bring in the questions from the viewers because there are a ton. But I think I can handle it. First of all, eight seasons with Edmonton. So it was what, 04 to 2011? Does that sound right? So maybe you're from Stony Creek, Hamilton, which I believe is the same hometown as Corey Grant, is it not? Yeah. CG. Yeah. Tell me me your football road for those that aren't familiar with Andrew Nowacki, minor football college into the CFL and we'll go from there. Well, I, I got I to gotta start where where the story really blossoms and, and originated. So when I was eight, my sister was 10. My sister was actually the one who got me in football because she was allowed to play tackle football. Wow. She was a head taller than everybody. She was a, a league all-star playing defensive end. So me being the little brother, I couldn't let my sister, you know, do something that I wasn't doing. Uh, so she got my, she got me started in football. Um, got to play through high school and everything in, in Stony Creek at Cardinal Newman and then started college in Arizona. I went to junior college in uh, Scottsdale Community College. After two years, finished or transferred to Murray State and then uh, was fortunate enough to join Edmonton in 2004. I think, was it a third round draft? You know what? I, I think so. Yeah. I kind of forget some of the details. But third round <laughs> High enough right. anyways. So Pretty good times in Edmonton. Good time to join them, but you saw ups and downs. I mean, I was in the league at the same time. So, what are your recollections of your time in Edmonton? Uh, you know, the you hold the memories and the people that that we meet uh, game wise. You know, yeah, we went through some great years and we went through some some pretty tough years. But the players, the coaches, the fans, the people in the community that you meet are, are the things that you hold on to. Um, obviously, the Grey Cup game is is one of my favorite memories. Five, probably yeah. that comes second to um, the game we played against BC in Commonwealth when uh, Jason came back from from his injury. Jason Tucker, I think that was that was emotional. The most I remember. <laughs> what's that? Well, I remember it watching it. It was yeah, emotional. It, it was very emotional, and you know playing a more active role in in that game um so being on the field more and and it it was unlike anything that i've ever been a part 
of the, the energy, the, the electricity in the stadium, and, and the emotion? Well, let's walk it back a little bit, because we are old, Andrew. <laughs> For those that don't remember, Jason Tucker suffered a neck injury, yeah, right? Very, and we wondered scary. if he would ever play again. So take us back to that and so, tell our viewers about it. The week before, we were playing in Hamilton. We were on a East Coast trip. Um, we had played Toronto the week before. Uh, stayed in, in Ontario, played Hamilton in our second game. You know, routine catch. And I think earlier in the game, Jason took a, a really nasty hit over the middle, popped up like it was nothing. Yeah. Late in that game, um, you know, caught a ball and, and just reflex-wise kind of braced for contact and, and hit head-to-head with a defender. And, and um, you know, a testament to Jason, his, his final football act was recovering the fumble when he dropped the ball, which was, you know, speaks cool. volumes of, of Jason. But I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. He, like, reached over and grabbed it. Yeah, right? and, and pulled it back in. Yeah. So um, had surgery the next day sent video to us on a Monday of him walking the halls in, in Hamilton Hospital and then was back on Friday for, for that game and the emotion um, that kind of overtook everybody in the locker room and then carried out through that game was was something special. It's interesting to me, Andrew, that that would be the memory that you bring up as much or more than anything else. Yeah. Right? And that's the stuff, I guess, that you remember, right? Yeah. And that's the connection to the people along the way that we make lasting friendships with um, on and off the field so that 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 is my when people ever ask me about you know my time in the Canadian Football League that's always the first game or memory that that I always bring up wow uh, well my mind just went a total other direction because here in South Florida I think coach Kelly and I were talking we were this morning about Mike Kelly coming up an hour two by the way but the Tua situation yeah okay I mean, are you in the football community here? You don't even need to be in the football community here. Everybody's talking about Tua and pointing fingers, right? Where do you sit on what went down the last 10 days? You know, everybody's going to have an opinion. Um, and we're all on the outside. So we don't know what happens behind closed doors and everything. And, you know, my my ex-college coach, my former college coach, was at Alabama when Tua was there. And, um, you know, I followed to uh during his time at alabama had some friends that went there as well so you know everybody's opinion hmm. the, the only thing that really matters right now is his health and well-being and and we hope that he makes a full recovery not for football but just for himself and his family first and foremost and then after that we'll start worrying about football but you know it's a, it's scary and it's a it's a it's a reminder to us that this is a very violent game and, and things can happen in, you know, in the, in a split second. So it's, it's sobering that way. And, and we just, as a fan, we just hope he's, he's okay as a person. But this is why I enjoy bringing on coaches and players. Cause you guys see it differently than the fans do. For instance, you know, the inside as much as having been on the field, um, Mike McDaniel's getting the finger pointed at him. How could you play this guy? Tua's getting the ping, finger pointed at him. How could you go out there when you don't feel right? Right? Like everybody's getting the finger pointed at them. And I'm not sure there is a victim. Or sorry, there's a villain. We know who the victim is, but right. Uh, like I said, everybody's going to have an opinion. Yeah, I know. When I played, and Coach Kelly can can attest to this. You know, I felt like my greatest ability was availability. You know, I wasn't the most talented. I didn't. I wasn't producing 
highlight catches yeah. and, and everything else. So I knew one of the things I had to do was to stay on the field. Um, so did I play through things? Every football player does. You know, it, it, you, you take pride in, in being being there for your team and being there for your teammates. And I, I obviously don't know Tua or, or his situation, but every player feels that. They want to be there for their team, first and foremost. So, you know, there's no finger that can be pointed at. It's an unfortunate situation, and, you know, just pray for his uh, health and well-being. Well, I was, for sure. I was telling some guys. Nobody knows how Tua is going to come out of this. He remains in concussion protocol, and uh, you're right. You hope it is the best possible outcome, whatever that may be, and that he's healthy and just returning to play. It was a callous to say that. <laughs> you know, you hope that I guess he's healthy enough. Well, yeah, for fans, I mean, yeah. The Dolphins are off to a great start. There's tons of optimism. We've got a ton of talent. We made some great signs. I say we, like, you know, I'm part of the... But I, <laughs> that's fine. A native Florida, you're a Dolph you know, fan. I, yeah, you're a Dolph yeah, fan. So, you know, they're they're doing great things, and, and that's what you want to see. There's a lot of excitement around. So, yeah, the fans are going to say we want them back out there. Not, I don't think it's selfish for people to say, you know, we're all concerned about him as a person, but, you know, we're excited about the team as well, and... and you know, if he's able to come back, fantastic. Yeah. We're, we're, we're excited. So you mentioned that 05 Grey Cup and uh, what a magical run. I was there. I mean, I don't think you don't, again, view it as the fan. I was a heart stopper in the crowd and I didn't care who won. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Double yeah. overtime. Yeah. What do you remember about BC Place that day? Edmonton, Montreal. So looking back at it, people ask me, and, and the one thing I wish that I did a better job at was absorbing everything that week being a young player being my first time in the gray cup and and all the all the things that surround gray cup it, it just felt like a blur it, yeah. it went by in a flash and thinking back to the week thinking back to the game the the lead up um you know i don't remember a whole lot um i was so focused and and being a young player just focused on my assignments don't screw up you know you got to be dependable when when you are called upon. And um, what I do remember is is that last five minutes or so in regulation, and Mookie coming up with a, a clutch catch on third down, and Tuck making a you know a couple corner t- uh, catches for a touchdown and a two point conversion, and just the back and forth. It, it was one of those storybook scripts, you know. And we were fortunate to come out on top, but. Um, you know, to be able to go against all those big names, the Anthony Calvillos, the Ben Cahoons, Anwar Stewart's, all these big, big names that are now going into the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm really fortunate to, to be able to experience that and go Been on the that. field with them, yeah. yeah. And of course, do you get back to Canada much at all? Um, not, not a whole bunch. Uh, a couple of years ago, I got to go back for Fred Stamps' retirement ceremony, uh, so that was neat to go back and see everybody for that. Ricky Ray's uh, Wall of Fame induction. Right. Um, that was really neat. Uh, but all the guys I play, played with, you know, it, it's neat because we all keep in touch, and it, it's it's neat to catch up with all of them like it was just yesterday. Well, the reason I ask is it still gets shown on TSN regularly, the Danny Machocha forgetting what down it was. <laughs> How do you remember about that? Oh, yeah. In overtime. We were all, the anticipation of every play, and, you know, it was easy to get caught up with things, and think over, and there was a penalty, and we played downs and, and all of that, but 
lucky for Danny, he got to live through it twice. He got to live That's through right. the victory two times, where the rest of us just went through That's it right. once. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was one of those games. Like I said, it was a, it was a storybook script. Um, double overtime, back and forth, iconic names, the whole nine. So it was it was a treat. That was the CFL at its best. I realize how grateful, lucky you were, and I'm sure you are grateful. That was the best time maybe in CFL history. The stadiums were full. The ratings were high. The games were great. You won a championship. Yeah. Best. Yeah, and, uh, you know, being young and naive, you, you didn't realize that this is going to be this is going to be great. I'm I'm going to go to the Grey Cup next year, and you know, little little did I know, but uh, it, it was a great time. And it, I, I remember these games. I remember playing Saskatchewan at Commonwealth when they were selling standing room only tickets, and a barricade on the then track, and people were standing around, and you know, it was it, it was really a fun time in in the league to to be a part of. It was the best. Hopefully we get back there. Hopefully. We're going to take a time out. Andrew Nowacki is with us. And as usual, it's going way too fast. But one more segment with him and Coach Mike Kelly coming in after that. It's the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live, and live on the radio on your home of Southern Sports and Talk, WQEE 9.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Gorgeous here. That is a look just outside the beach house in Pompano Beach, Florida. Again, the home of Lamar Jackson, but they say they have yet to see him in here. Andrew Nowacki is with us. Eight seasons with the Edmonton Eskimos, and uh, he's been good enough to join us down here at the beach house for one more segment. I'm just going to tell you a sports update. Fans filled Yankee Stadium Sunday hoping for the moment that never came. Aaron Judge must now go on the road to break the American League home run record, remaining tied with Roger Maris at 61 after going homerless in a three-game series against the Orioles. Uh, staying in the majors, Dansby Swanson and Matt Olson homered for the third straight game. Travis Darno had a go-ahead two-run single in the third inning and the Atlanta Braves beat the Mets 5-3 Sunday to win a critical tiebreaker between the two. The defending World Series champion Braves swept the three-game series and moved two games up on the Mets in the NL East for first place. And uh, because we are on the air in Atlanta, how about D. Alford intercepting Jacoby Brissett with a minute to go and Atlanta holding on to beat Cleveland in the National Football League on Sunday. The Falcons spoiled the Georgia homecoming of Cleveland running back Nick Chubb. This sports update for Edo Japan. Delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. Edo Japan. All right. Back to Andrew Nowacki, and before I, it slips my mind, you had a request that you'd like to mention. Oh, I was just mentioning uh, me and a couple of former players. We've uh, gone together to do some fundraising around Thanksgiving time. Uh, Brandon Iambandejo, he played in Winnipeg for a couple of years, was down here in Miami. We got together, started doing fundraising. We're bringing it back this year, uh, feeding local families, uh, families in need. So we're delivering full Thanksgiving meals to them. Um, I'll have a link up at Nowacki Realtor on all social sites where people can go and donate. We fed over 700 people. We're, we're hoping to feed over 1,000 this year and then just keep growing it year after year. 
Good for you, man. Congratulations and good luck with it. Appreciate it. Uh, U.S. Thanksgiving. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. watching says regarding Miami, he says, a doll fan. That's the first time I've heard that. Well, come down here. You'll hear it a lot, probably almost every day. Uh, David in Winnipeg, David Asplin says, can you talk about playing with Ricky Ray specifically in 2005? Uh, so, again, I was a younger, younger receiver and bright lights, game was fast, all, all those things. And, and Ricky, Ricky was somebody that I, I tried to emulate because he was so even keel. People kind of knocked him for that, that he wasn't this rah-rah guy and got super emotional. But you talk about somebody with ice in their veins. You know, whether you were up by 50 or down by 50, he, he had the same mentality in the huddle, uh, the same collectiveness. Uh, and that really translated to all of us because regardless of what was going on, the circumstances during the game, we got the same Ricky. And, you know, his numbers, his credentials speak for himself. But... Um, Ricky was was just that that was the one thing I I took away from him outside of his numbers and all of his accomplishments was was his ability to 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 stay cool calm and collected in any situation it's fun to talk about this stuff isn't it yeah, well, yeah. It, it's, it, been a, it's been a while since any of this came well you're out, welcome so. to come down anytime <laughs> we'll do more of these shows but you know you mentioned Ricky Ray going into the Hall of Fame Jason Moss now the OC in Saskatchewan. Jason Tucker is coaching receivers, I believe, in yep. BC. I assume you're watching the games. But I, you're here. I want to talk about you. You never wanted to coach, obviously. Real I, estate's more exciting to you. I, I dabbled. So my first year out in 2011, uh, Matt DeBuck, who spent time in the Canadian Football League Beauty. with Toronto. Uh, he was, was then the offensive coordinator, now the head coach at a local high school here. So... We knew each other. He, he got me out uh, volunteering for a year. And, um, you know, that kind of opened my eyes. My brother-in-law, who's also a, a college coach, um, the amount of time these coaches put into the game uh, is more than the players. And that wasn't something that I was yeah. aware of or used to or, or ready for. You know, I had a young daughter at the time, and I have two now. But, um, you know, maybe somewhere down the line when – when my girls are a little more grown uh, and not, you know, wanting to spend as much time with daddy anymore, then then I'll be able to, to dedicate a little more time to, to the coaching side. So what was it about real estate that you like? Uh, the flexibility, uh, the demand down here, South Florida, you know, there's always a market. People are always looking to, to move, to, to come in, to invest, and the flexibility of it. You know, I needed flexibility in my schedule, so um, being able to set my own schedule and dedicate time where I where I needed to was was very appealing to me. Uh, by the way, Craig Smith watching. Everybody knows Craig Smith. He's our director of scouting, two-time Great Cup champion scout. About Brendan Ayabendeu, he says, uh, B.A., great guy. But regarding Matt DeBuck, can you tell our viewers about the quality of high school football? Like, I went to the game Saturday against American Heritage Plantation. Yeah. Grudge match. War yep. sold out stadium in Fort Lauderdale. Like, talk about that caliber of ball if you don't. High, high school football down here is, you know, you hear stories, you watch documentaries uh, of Texas football, of Oklahoma football, California high school football. Florida's, you know, isn't taking a backseat to anybody. The amount of talent that's down here, you mentioned Lamar Jackson being from Pompano. That's, you know, the amount of kids that are coming out of South Florida going on to major colleges, onto the NFL, CFL, professional ranks is, is incredible. 
Um, so the atmosphere at these high school games is, is amazing. And back in 2011, when I did volunteer, we had a game against American Heritage and them going down their senior night roster of, of players, Sony Michelle was on that team. Wow. And the list goes on and, you know, so-and-so was going to Georgia, so-and-so was going to Alabama, so-and-so was going here. And, and it went on and on and on. Oh, so yeah. The, there's no shortage of, of, it was awesome. of pedigree down here. So just in the time we have left, about two and a half minutes, this year's CFL, it's awesome that all the games are on TV here, ESPN Plus or ESPN2. Yep. How much are you watching and uh, what's your take? Um, I'm watching again. You know, I, I'm excited about, I know Edmonton's going through a, a tough year this year, but I'm excited about management. I'm excited about the staff they have there um, turning the organization around, you know, and to, to all the Edmonton fans out there, you know, things like this don't happen overnight. Uh, but I, I'm excited for the change that that's there. The people that are in the driver's seat leading that organization, um, you know, and I, I think great things are going to happen there again. Well, I feel bad for them um, because it's a great CFL town. Like, how, there's a lot of guys that bounce around in their CFL career, but for you, that's kind of cool to have eight years in one place. You wear that as a badge of honor, or would you like to have experienced more? It, it, it's a gift and a curse, right? <laughs> right. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I wanted to be loyal to Edmonton, especially later in my career, and, and I'm glad I did. That's what I wanted to do. Ricky got traded. Uh, I was a free agent that year. Um, could I have gone somewhere else and, and maybe got another year out and a great cup with that team that won in 2012? Maybe. Good possibility, but... You know, I don't look back with any regrets. I loved Edmonton. I love my time there. The ups, the downs, um, the people I met in that city, I still keep in touch with. So I, I don't regret any of it. Was there a thought in you that, when, like, when Ricky was gone, you're like, Ricky's gone, I'm done? Or, like, are you, were you, did you know it was time? Or was that a tough decision to make? No, I, w- I was told it was time, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which many of us, yeah. which many of yeah. us are told it's time. But, no, you know, Ricky Hurt, obviously, you know, he was our leader for so long. But, um, you know, we kind of circled the wagons and said, all right, Ricky's gone and Kerry's our guy and we're going we're gonna to support him and, and the rest of our team, not just Kerry, but Kerry was a, a seasoned vet at that time. So he knew what, what it was going to take. But all of us just kind of circled together, made some calls and said, we're, we're not backing down from this thing. We're, we're going to attack this thing head on and... You know, unfortunately, things kind of fell apart for us and for me. And, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, no, I'm glad I stayed with Edmonton. It was a great organization. Good stuff. Well, what a pleasure to meet you here today. Hopefully we can do it again. Andrew Nowacki, thank you, man. Absolutely. Good luck with everything. Anytime. Appreciate it. Great Cup champion, eight-year Edmonton Eskimo wide receiver, Andrew Nowacki. Coach Mike Kelly in next here at the Beach House in Pompano Beach, Florida. You're watching on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, your favorite podcast platform, and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show continues. It's a fabulous Monday here at the Beach House, Pompano Beach, Florida. And I'm telling you, the reason I'm moving in Mike Kelly now, Coach Mike Kelly, is it's just the appetizer 
for hour two. Hey, Coach Kelly, how you doing, sir? I'm really good, Russ. Good to see you. Yes, good to see you. Been far too long. Yep. Uh, everybody watching knows this guy's story, but some may not. We are on the television, by the way, in Manitoba, Bell MTS Cable on Game Plus Television, Edmonton on Telus Optic TV, Channel 924. Where do I start, man? It's only a two-hour show to, to go through your... <laughs> I got fired a lot. <laughs> got fired. I got fired. A lot. I know the That's feeling. Always, you know, I was always able to bounce back, though. Where do we start? I'll just say, eighty eighty one Ridgedale High School. That's Ohio. It's in Ohio. Yep. And then Edinburgh, Marietta, Ohio, Westland. Westland. Yep. Um, in San Francisco State, ninety ninety one Winnipeg Blue Bombers, ninety to ninety six Valdosta State. Orlando Orlando Rage. That was the very first XFL. That was yeah. the original Lean XFL. right up to that, if you don't it mind. The, it was the original XFL. That was uh, Galen Hall was our head coach. Okay. Jeff Brom, the head coach at Purdue right now, was our quarterback. And uh, we had the best regular season record in the league. We were 8-2. Odin 2, Odin two uh, sorry, 2002 Philadelphia Eagles quarterbacks coach, offensive assistant, Washington Redskins front office until, what, 08? No, no, I, I actually left the Redskins in 05, and I became a, um, a professor of sport management at Drexel University in downtown Philly. Okay. And, uh, but I w- when I would, was, wasn't uh, teaching classes, I was over in NFL Films, and I was doing all the prep work to help out Ron Jaworski with Monday Night Football. And, wow, and, that'd be a good job. Oh, it was awesome. How'd they over tell there? the two of you apart? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this is going to be fun. I, and I was working with Greg Cosell. Uh, it was just, it was an awesome experience to be there and, and just talk football and break down film. And, and it kept me in it. And then uh, in, in January of 08, is, uh, I flew to Minneapolis and met with Danny Machocha, and he hired me as the receiver coach of the Edmonton Eskimos in 08. And away we go. Yep. What, Winnipeg 09? 09, yep. yeah. So... Folks, you got an idea, for those that don't know, with Coach Kelly. We're not going to get into too much too deep here, Mike, because we only literally at this point only have three and a half minutes. But Todd is watching in Red Deer, and he says, Rod, I 100% agree with you. Coordinators should be in the Hall of Fame. Bet if you ask GMs and head coaches, they'd agree. You know what I'm saying? There's no coordinators in the Canadian Football Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, and there's, there's been some good ones up yeah. there. And, you know, my early years in the 90s, uh, John Huffnagel was the uh, offensive coordinator of the, the Stampeders. I, had, uh, I was with Winnipeg. And if you look at those years, I mean, both teams, we were averaging like 36, 37 points a game. I know. And, and just rolling up numbers. And, you know, I, I posted a little thing the other day where in 93, uh, I think we beat Hamilton 61 to 10. And, um, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching Matt Dunnigan throw three touchdown passes, and then Sammy Garza comes in and throws one, and then Tom Porras comes in and throws one, and they're all down the field, you know, just a different game than what they play now. I'm, all this dink and dunk stuff, I'm, you know, when, when we threw the ball, it was to put a knife in your throat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it had to mean something. The ball had to go down the field. How many yards for Dunnigan that day? That day, I'm not sure. So I, he, seven hundred. Oh, that no, that was the record-setting day. The record-setting day was actually against the Eskimos, right? Who had beaten? But us. you were the OC. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had seven thirteen okay. one day. That's, yeah. that's but, what I'm saying. But, but but if you look at Matt's minute and a half here, so okay. Wait. If you look at Matt's stats before the seven thirteen and after seven thirteen, he was like over four hundred yards in every one of those games before and after. I mean, it was an incredible season he was having. Was it? 
Like, obviously, he's a Hall of Famer, but right. what was the receiver group like? What was the O-line? That's a pretty good team, right? The O-line was all Hall of Famers. We had Miles Gurrell at left tackle. We had um, uh, Brett McNeil at, at left guard. Lumpy. Dave, Dave, Dave Van Conant was our center. David Black was our right guard. And Chris Walby was our right tackle. There's not a better offensive line ever in the CFL than that group right there. Our receiving core was David Williams and Alfred Jackson on the outside. And then we had Gerald Wilcox and Gerald Alfin as the slots. Uh, Warren, uh, we had um, uh, Chris Johnstone was mm-hmm. our fullback. And then at the tailback, we had Blaze Bryant. That was as good a football team as ever been put on the field in that league, but on a whole lot of leagues, that that team, that offensive team, would have stood up. So, folks, again, this is just the appetizer. We're going to we only got 20 seconds here. We're going to come back for a full hour or two with Mike Kelly here at the Beach House in Pompano Beach, Florida, and also Bernie Nichols is going to join us to uh, recap the weekend of NHL preseason play and look ahead to the regular season. You're watching on Game Plus TV and YouTube and on the radio WQEE 99.1 FM, your home of Southern Sports and Talk. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.